Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. We have an amazing guest on the podcast to talk all about how you can scale your service-based business. So if you are a done-for-you service provider, that could be a social media manager, Pinterest manager, website designer, how do you take that business where essentially you are in the time for money sector of business with your business model? How do you branch outside of that and scale your business through a membership program. Now, maybe this has been something that you have been thinking about. If so, you're definitely going to want to get out a pen and paper for this episode. But even if this isn't something that you've thought about, I think all the juicy nuggets inside this episode and everything that our guest Leisha shares with us today is going to start to get those wheels turning of how you can add in this other layer. This is something that I am super passionate about because as you know, I started as a freelancer. I was a virtual assistant. I did a little bit of social media and then I settled in blog management, but I truly believe my business shifted when I was able to bring in multiple revenue streams. So not just solely relying on my clients, my one-on-one clients where I would complete projects for them, but I had something else that could be churning in the background that could be supporting me if I had a slower month or if I wanted to ramp something else up. So I am so excited to dive into this topic. You're going to love everything that Lisa has to share all about starting with a membership, what exactly it is, the different kinds of memberships that you can create, how to get started even if you feel like I don't have a big audience at all. There are so many juicy nuggets in this episode. You're going to love it. So let's go ahead and dive into the show and go meet Lisa. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So before we dive into talking all about memberships, I would love for you to back it up just a little bit and give us a little rundown of your journey and how you got started in the online space and where you are now. Okay. So that was long, it's a long time ago. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think I'll, I'll relate the story in terms of, you know, a lot of your listeners are probably people who've come from a working world and, And it's interesting because not everyone is like that in the online space. There's a lot of people who just kind of came from entrepreneurship and knew they wanted to do that and never really went that route. But I definitely was, had a job and it was a great job. It was in sustainability and corporate social responsibility, but I had 
a few friends who were working for themselves. And this is like 2006, seven, eight. And I was just, and they were always going off and doing some really like cool trips <laughs> and like active trips. Cause I'm into lots of sports, like outdoor adventure. And I was so jealous that I had like two weeks away, two weeks off, I think from my job, or maybe it was even three, but it was just not enough. And mm-hmm. so I, I ended up having, I deciding, like I tried a couple things, but then I decided to become a life coach. Now that was in 2008, I took the training and that I did that because I had such a great experience with my life coach when I was in this job. And then I would say I kind of launched into, I have no idea what, because it wasn't as an online back then. It was still a lot of networking mm-hmm. and, you know, I didn't have a, a super clear niche, but I, I had a good network of people. So I did get clients and then I found myself moving closer and closer to working with businesses because I had worked with them more in a sustainability way earlier and then got more into it, realized I need more business training. So I ended up becoming a strategist and I actually got some training to become a business strategist about seven years ago. And then really just using the same skills and applying them to membership business owners. So all of the business design and well, like trying to create this is and this is the the movement sort of beyond freelancing when you do sort of like jack or jill of all trades when you start to actually decide what it is that your business stands for does represents how to really communicate that value as succinctly as possible and now i'm doing that with membership business owners oh awesome so quite quite the evolution there um and it's so, i i find it though let me add, <laughs> I might add, like it's not you know some people say like within three years i was selling this thing really easily and it took me a long time like i really resisted the narrowing part and and, and then i have to say i didn't jump in the online space say in like 2012 and 2013 when a lot of people did and there weren't a lot of really good quality people out there online then so I was a little reluctant, but I was also had a two-year-old and I was sleep deprived. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's the journey, right? It's like getting, getting to the place. I am definitely that person who, if I set my mind to something or I say I want to achieve something, I want it yesterday and going through the painstaking, messy middle is so hard for me as an entrepreneur because it's like, I can see the finish line. Like I know how to get there, but there it's like a rite of passage. Like you have to go through that in order to come out on the other side somewhat, you know, successful. Totally. And it's different for everyone. And it's, there is luck involved uh, to some extent in terms of timing. Like there are people who are at the right time at the right place for the thing they're offering and 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 the the thing they stand for. I mean there there's so there's a lot of components and then there's also that that piece as well because you can be amazing at what you do and um have a starting to get a clear niche and 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 just be like the market is kind of doing something a little different. So it you know it's it's about tenacity regardless of whether it's easy or not and it's learning to be appreciate that even if it's that if it's easy it's not necessarily better because people get plagued with with wanting more success and more success and even if they've had a tremendous amount of success in something they if they do don't do it like the next thing isn't as successful they get kind of depressed so you know even if we're not where we want to be yet we have to remember that even if we do conquer something we'll want the next thing and then that might not go as well and so there's always going to be that and I think that's the real secret is just getting comfortable with that idea of roller coaster and some things not doing as well and failure and all that. <laughs> yeah. 
For sure. And I think as you go through them, like in the very beginning, it really is going to feel like you're just like falling into quicksand. Like it's going to feel, you're going to feel a lot of resistance. And I think that's always a comforting thing for, for me to remind myself that it's like, it doesn't matter you know, where you're at in the journey, it doesn't matter how many years you've been in business, like you're always going to feel like every time you're getting ready to up level and find that new layer of yourself or that new found success, there's always going to be some resistance, but it gets, it does get easier to at least work through that. You don't stay as stuck or like feel like you're basically like floundering. You can move through no, that a little like bit you have faster. A plan. Like you can recover, right? Like that's yes. how I feel right now. I feel like, wow, remember when piecing together technology was like, well, how do I get this payment thing to work like in PayPal? Like there's so many things that were clunky and now, you know, like, yes, there's a learning curve, but there's an, but especially with the way that all the, the technology is working, it's fairly easy to learn how to do something without having to piece like 10 things together that don't want to talk. So it, it's doable, but yes, there is a learning curve and it's, um, but I, yeah, to being on the other side of that, like I could do anything now, like, and I'm not, mm-hmm. A tech, super technical person, but like if I was like, oh, I want to put this podcast on YouTube or start this channel or do this thing or link all these things together or put this into my funnel, like all this stuff I can do like really quickly now. And so that is kind of the fun part is when you're not buried in in like hours of something that you thought would take five minutes. Like that hasn't happened to me for a very long time. <laughs> so that's the right. nice thing that you can plan and you don't have as many roadblocks. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It's it's interesting. I look back on like the past three years and I'm like, some of the things that I have learned how to do throughout the process, whether it was just like because I felt like it was a necessity or just, you know, coincidentally, like it just has something. I'm like, I never would have in my traditional job, like thought that three years down the road, like I would be creating a quiz and like doing all the things to, you know, like it just, it's it blows my mind. And it's also gives me like that confidence when I start feeling like, who am I to be doing this? And I don't know enough about this. It's like, well, look back at how far you've come and look at all the things that you've accomplished. Like you didn't know how to do any of those things. And so it just gives you that little extra like vote of confidence of like, okay, this might be challenging right now, but I can figure it out. I've done it before I can do it again. Totally. And, and you really have to have that mindset. Absolutely. It's like the thing that probably gives us the, the most challenge is, is, um, is our mindset and our self-doubt. And so when we can feel like we're at least not sabotaging ourselves based on our <laughs> thoughts, that's a, that can go a long way, a long yeah. way to getting us over those humps. And then we start to take action again, and then we get response when we take action. There's always going to be something that's going to come back to us when we do, when we put ourselves out there. And when we're feeling low and we're feeling, I don't know, just like, imposter-like or whatever, we won't put ourselves out there and then we don't get the positive reinforcement. So (laughs) that's important as well. And everyone's different that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Love this talk. Love where this went. I want to shift gears just a little bit to get to the meat of what we're going to talk about today because like I had mentioned before we press record, my audience is kind of twofold. There's some of us who are just getting started, just dipping our toes in, gaining those first couple of clients and starting to you know, feel that success and actually wanting to turn this into something. And then there's the other side of my audience who has been doing this for a while. They've seen that success. They are booked out. They're hitting their income goals. And they're at that place of they're wondering, what's next? What's that next piece for me? Where do I take my business now um, so that maybe I'm not trading so much time for money um, or maybe I can 
you know, turn this passion of what I have or something into something that can reach more than just the one-to-one space. So um, I would really love to dive into your area of expertise, which is on memberships and really like how, how do we, I know this is such a loaded question, but like, how do we even get started if, if we're thinking of taking that, you know, one-to-one piece that we're doing to the one-to-many, how do we package that up and, and create that membership model? Well, yeah. So, I mean, the, the membership model is, is like anything. It's a choice. It's about how do we, how do we deliver something to a group of people who we've worked with, with an, with something that they're all interested in learning further. And in terms of, I mean, it's quite different than an agency where you're still offering similar things, but now you've got other people doing it. So it's still very much a done for you or maybe even done with you, but mostly done for you kind of model. A membership is a, is you're kind of leading people mostly in a, a, DIY, like they're doing it themselves and you're guiding them, or there's a a little portion of done with you, meaning you, you can coach them, but you're not necessarily (laughs) usually offering hours in a membership. And really what the, you know, the right time to be, to be offering something like a membership is when you have clients who need check-in points or they they don't need the same amount of intensive work anymore and they need but they need to stay like connected to to you because they you've got knowledge that they need and they need a check-in and they need to be asking um questions regularly on something or you've got trainings and tutorials that you can continue to give them going forward that they'll find useful, that they can access when they need it. And may, they might not access every month, but it is really membership is all about access versus um, like using your time, like getting you to do it for them. So that's kind of the differentiator similar to a course or program, except for there's no end date. <laughs> so you're committing mm-hmm. to delivering on an ongoing basis, which is fine, right? Because we're all going to be doing something in our work until we're kind of retiring. And, and, uh, it really helps to leverage your skill set and be more of a guide. I'd say than someone who's, who's like getting in there and getting into their stuff. So is that right? a good deck? Ex- that's just like a super overview of what it is. I just call it access because I've even seen a lot of high ticket programs selling lately at like access, meaning you join the high ticket program and it might cost you two grand a month or for six months, but you lose access at the end of that. <laughs> so it's very similar to a membership because what you, what you have in it, you can decide you can have mentoring calls every week, or you can have even throw in a private coaching session a month. I mean, it can go really deep and intensive, or it can just be, Hey, we do a, what, one Q and a call a month or, or some of them even have templates and some people create templates and they have, they are, people are accessing things that they then use and and they don't even have a community. And then some are all about community. So you have to, basically you decide what it is you really want to offer, what your zone of genius is, which, well, this is how, how you help contain it is like, are you a community builder? Do you just want to bring people together who all have the same problems and help them help each other work out the solutions or just share interests, or do you, you know, is the main focus for you to just provide them with tools and templates 
and, or are you, do you love the coaching and mentoring aspect? And then you can usually find one of those three as your foundation for what the membership really has to deliver at the end of the day. And then the rest can be kind of gravy on top of that, that people get access to, but it's not necessarily like what your intention is like for them to only do that, even though some will. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, so do you see, so like in my mind, I'm kind of picturing this for like the freelancer who's offering this, maybe it's somebody who's offering like Pinterest services and that's like an ever growing thing or somebody who offers like social media management. Do you see a lot of people doing this as like who maybe offer that like done for you service model, but then in addition to that, like maybe this is their, their downsell. So maybe at, like the client comes to them and says like, oh, okay, like I would really love, like I would love the done for you piece, but maybe it's not within my budget. Do you see it being as something where they can say, well, you know, if you join my membership, you're going to get like access to like these things. Again, it's not like a, you know, a total done for you, but it's going to be kind of done, done with you and giving you some of that templates. Do you see that as kind of a, a, good segue for service providers if they're offering a membership? Totally. I mean, I think that's the best way to start uh, because it is a lot easier to sell a membership to people who already know you or they've already come to you for something versus having like trying to grow an audience. So there, but there is another way as well. I'll tell you about the other way in a second, but um, this way, yeah, this way is is if definitely look, you can get all of our learnings and all of our overview knowledge for what we do for our, our done for you clients. And we can help you access the same knowledge level on how it's, how we're doing it and how, um, what's working really well. So it's just that you're not doing it for them. So, but, so, but they have access and it works really well with something like Pinterest or something that's never going to end. It's not that they're learning a how to, and it's done in a month or two, and then they've implemented it. They're always going to be working on this channel and always needing updated information and always needing to understand what's happening with the algorithms and what are the opportunities and what's working well. And those overviews are priceless inside groups like that. So they can really work when you're getting especially when you've got a bunch of people coming to you and you say you've run out of capacity and maybe you don't want to grow bigger in your agency or just even hire people. It's an excellent way to serve people all in one place. Like everyone gets access to you at the same time. That's what's beautiful about it is that you don't have to get on a call every time someone has a question. You get on one or two calls a month and answer all the questions at once. So you can really free up your schedule. And then there's another way that I've seen a lot of agencies do and, but it, that's if they have already a lot of visibility is, is bring people into a lower ticket membership. And then often people will get stuck and then <laughs> they want to hire someone to do it for them. And that is often a, a builder, like a, an agency builder to, because as, as you've been able to share your knowledge and your they'll, they'll trust you. And then they'd probably prefer to hire you versus someone they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, but again, that, that model, I just put a, a bit of caution on that. I, I know a lot of people see memberships as low ticket models and where the, it's like a, you know, $50 or less, or even under a hundred dollars B2B is still quite, you know, on the lower side that the tricky thing is that it will take volume to make it sustainable. You know, you don't want to have 10 people in for $37 and, uh, from an ongoing basis and, and find a difficulty to grow it because it's not going to sustain itself too, too, for too long. And so if you don't have, 
um, an easy way to build that audience, then it's probably easier to bring people in who, again, either worked with you in the past and don't need that high level support anymore. Maybe they've taken it in, in house and now they want their, their person who's doing it in house to have access to a brain trust of like how to do this thing. And, and, and people who come to you and can't afford you or don't want to pay for that. And then you can, you're right, downsell them. And that you can also charge a bit more because they are coming at a higher level than, than just being like, who's this person? I just want to sign up for if it's cheap and then I'll figure it out later. And my next question was really going to be about that, that pricing piece of it too, because that's usually what you see, um, is like, do I, you know, like where, where do I price this? Like, and also too, I think the ongoing piece that you were talking about as far as like showing up every month and having these deliverables and, and is that ever going to get to a point where it feels like overwhelming or daunting to continue to come up with something? I think with some of them, like I'm thinking like something for Pinterest or something for like social media, like Instagram or something like those platforms or those type of like where the membership is centered around, if that feels a little bit easier because like it's an ever growing, ever changing platform. So I feel like there's always something that you're going to be able to like speak on or talk about or share updates, but for a different type of business owner where it doesn't feel like you're always going to have these changes, how can you create this membership in a way where it doesn't get overwhelming for you, the business owner, but also brings value to the members as well? To answer that, then maybe the pricing, the, to answer the for the second question, to, to have it be sustainable I would, and also sustainable also means like you can grow it naturally and it's not going to cost you a lot of my money and time to bring people in and then have them not stay. So you do want to be fairly niche. Do you want to have a very clear kind of outcome that you're aiming for, for your members, even though they might get it in three months and some might get it in two years and some might stay forever because they love the community and they're really passionate about this topic. You're still trying to get them somewhere. And so having something that's narrow enough that brings people in and then serves them how they need it will also add to the sustainability because then you don't have to scramble and think like, what do I talk about next? Because you'll have an idea of like what's in your wheelhouse, like what's in that container of that membership? What have you promised to talk about regularly and how, what do you enjoy? And that's where you don't have to get so broad that it gets a little confusing unless you literally have like a whole bunch of clients and you know, they need to talk together and you just want to do two calls every month and bring all your clients together. I mean, I did start a mass uh, membership like that (laughs) where it was just calls and it was all my past clients that I did VIP days, business design days with, and they just all we, I just continued that coaching tether to them. So that is a way that it can be broad. However, if you are trying to open it up to a lot of people and have it be relevant, then I would keep it really niched. And if it's niche, you, you're not going to over deliver. And you also have to have some boundaries. Like you, if you, if the group is really active and chatty and they want, they ask you a question like every day or two, you could contain that into this is Q and a day or <laughs> here's mm-hmm. a call. You know, I think that's, that's the difference. I mean, I tend to have my memberships tend to be not super group chatty, asking questions every day. And I, but I would, so I also put it into calls. Like I I'll be like, okay, we'll do a call every week for a while or two to three a month. And so people know that they have a chance to go through things live and get time to do it. So I think it just depends on what 
what will work best for you as a person? Like, what do you enjoy? Some people hate calls. I love them. <laughs> and I, and, and I think it also depends on, um, yeah, like what you really feel you can deliver. So I'd say that if you got, give it time, like it can take six months to a year to get really clear on what people get every month. I mean, I'm just figuring this out now and I've, my current membership's been open for maybe 10 months and I'm just finally getting to a point where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to offer every single month. Like I finally know what it's going to be because it takes a while to get clear on like, what are people using and what's important to them? And what do I enjoy delivering? What am I willing to do every month? So I think that's what, that's what we have to give ourselves some time to figure out, not stuffing it full of more stuff to try to get more people to engage. Cause that just mm -hmm. does not work. And that's what people think they need to do is they like, Oh, I better add something. I better add something. It's like, no, you don't need to keep adding things. <laughs> Just um, if people aren't engaging, don't give them more because <laughs> they're probably right. overwhelmed already with the amount of stuff you've given them. Yeah. So I there's can... a little bit of restraint in there and confidence in that you are. Like I had a member I checked in with recently. I've got um, my membership as the Profile Membership Club and I was and she hadn't shown up at any calls and she hadn't posted in the, I have a Slack community. And I checked in with her and she's like, Oh, I've been working through the content in the, in the main course inside it. And she, it's been really great and really helpful. And so you make an assumption that she's not engaged, but she's just doing a different type of learning within the membership. And so it's important to remember that we don't know everything about what's going on for people. It's interesting to hear that you said like, it takes you six months to kind of figure that out because my next question was going to be like, when you launch your membership and you say like, here are the like deliverables or here's what it's going, you're going to have every month. Is it okay to, to change those things up? Like to change what you're offering, you know, yes. maybe a couple months <laughs> in. <laughs> yes. This is the thing. This is our thing. And most people are paying month to month. So it's not like you've locked them into like a big high ticket program and then be like, by the way, I'm not, I'm not doing half of what I said. So that's the difference, right? I think we need to be mindful that of, of feeling like scarred in some ways or disappointed in some ways or seen or heard things that we don't want to be like, but that's not the same situation. And we can't necessarily map that over from that to ours. If people are not showing up on the phone calls, you do, or like, or the zoom calls, you don't need for a month. If, if people are, if, if everyone's showing up and getting out privates, you know, one a week, it's just, so you, I think you can really, um, evolve it because they're not going to leave if they're getting value and they're not necessarily going to say, Oh, you know, I, I signed up because of a call at a certain time and a certain day. And now you're not doing it anymore. If that really is the case, then, then you might lose a couple people, but you're probably only doing that if you've got a, a large group at that point and you really do have to just pick and choose. And it might not be great for certain time zones at some point. Right. And, and that is just like our business. We're not going to please everybody. If we're doing any group program, we're not going to have every single person get a, everything working their way. So, uh, but yes, we can change it and we can also add things as we get excited about it. But I think it's just more about making sure we don't feel like obsessed, you know, and, and obligated to do certain things. I've been in memberships where things are quite random. Like I'm like, when are they going to do their live call? Because it's like, it doesn't seem to be on a schedule. So I think, mm -hmm. I think we can be really like evolve, like evolve it and be really uh, comfortable as long as, you know, as long as it's not again, flaky saying, well, I don't feel like showing up. <laughs> That's right. Different. 
but most people are not like that. I don't met a single person who I've like, who's hired me that I've ever, ever found like that. So I'm not worried about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. So a lot of my audience, I know the next thing, like maybe they're feeling like, okay, maybe some kind of membership or some kind of, um, lower ticket where people I can, you know, filter people in either if I'm booked out and they still want to get my support or maybe they can't afford my, you know, higher services. And this could be a great way to kind of, um, get them, get them moving in the right direction of like what their goals are, but they're thinking, well, I don't have this big list. And I know you were saying too, like with some of these memberships, they might be these lower price offers where it's, you know, about volume. Obviously, if you have, you know, a $37, $47 a month membership and there you have, you have 10 people in there, is it as like lucrative as you want it to be? So yeah. how do how do we kind of get started if we know like, well, it's not like I have this super huge email list or this super huge following that I know I can easily funnel people into, but I also want to make it worth my time to invest in this. Well, I think that it comes down to a bit of a choice, right? And this is part of it. It's not, there's no real formula. We have to decide what is valuable to us and what it's worth and what we're going to show up like. I mean, if you know you're not a huge volume builder person, I mean, there, you know, I think some people kind of know they are (laughs) and some people know they're not. Like I'm not on social media a lot, right? Like I'm not a, like I'm not a, prolific that way. I mean, I do things that do grow my list, like audience sharing. I'm in a a lot of events and, and collaborations, but I'm not out there every day trying sort of getting a visibility and attention in that kind of like day-to-day way. So I know for me, like relationships are really valuable. So I kind of have to charge a little bit more because that's what I'm going to give, right? Like I do want to get to know all my members at least to a certain point. So I think that's where you have to check in on a bit on your personality. Like, do you, do you have it in you? Cause if you do not grow as quickly as you think, and you're like, Oh, I want to do this $19 or $25 membership. And then you're somebody, a few people bought in for the year and you don't love it. And you've got 10 people in, then it could be, it, you know, you don't want to end up being disappointed. And I see that happen more often where I hear stories of that. I'd say then, than people charging what it, they think it's worth and what they're really willing to deliver and what their clients, how, how valuable is the outcome? Like if you know the outcome is valuable and you're really willing to help with get that outcome, then why not charge a bit more? And I, like, I would just say probably charge more than you think <laughs> in a lot of cases because people want to go really low. And I think it's best to take a chance at going much higher than, and seeing like, what if you sold the same amount? Like, wouldn't it make you want to show up more? Cause you have to want to show up to this and enjoy it and then be wanting to get more people in it. So I think that's what we have to think about. Like if we had 10 people for say six months, what would be the price point that would make it a joy for us to, to run? Right. That's a good way to look at it too. So we talked about Obviously, like thinking about coming up with that content or that like ongoing piece, it might keep people from pursuing this membership model. Then the other piece is, while I don't want to, you know, show up and keep doing this work for, you know, 10 people at $37 a month. So we talked about that. Is there anything else that you see that gets in the way of people either like getting started with the membership model or maybe adding this on to like a, an existing product suite that they have? 
Yeah, I think I think it comes down to a little bit of wanting it and and wanting to to be in relate like the, have these re- ongoing relationships. I think a lot of the people who are in my membership love their relationships with their people, and they and they really like serving and showing up in the way that they are, and 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 not maybe wanting to seeing themselves year after year being in an agency or serving people one on one. Like they're they might be. Uh, health professionals or personal trainers or whatever. And they're like, I don't want to be doing this, you know, forever day and all day long with people privately. So I think you just really have to want it. It's like any scalable model. You've got to, you've got to just make a decision and, and, and hold on to it. And that's really entrepreneurial, right? Like I, I think a lot of people who move from like coaching or freelancing or whatever it is, we sometimes we're not quite approaching things like entrepreneurs who are like true inventors who are, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this thing work, this product or this, put this thing out into the world, whether like if it's the last thing I do and they're willing to go through quite a bit to get to make that happen. And I think when we want that vision of success and something like a business we can sell or something that can operate when we're not there all the time and we do have to do- adapt a little bit of that entrepreneurial thinking, which is that it's not going to be smooth sailing. And it, and there are times we're going to lose more money than we're, than we're making. Like we're going to have ebbs and flows. And I think that is part of choosing to be an entrepreneur versus choosing to have a paycheck that's at, from working at home. So that's, you know, that's where I would challenge people to really look into like what excites you? Because if you've got sustainable work somehow or a side hustle or income or wherever, and you want, you can grow, you can grow something like a membership or a course and that you sell. And then you'll have to tweak the, the copy. Like you'll have to really make sure that you're explaining the value of it. And that might take a bit of time. And it's really fun to make those kinds of sales, even in digital products. But, you know, even with digital products, if they're small, it's hard to make a lot of money. Like, great, you sold something for $37, but how many of those do you have to sell really to make something from it? I think we just have to hold that torch and find people who can support us to hold that torch and and look at it a little bit differently than when is this going to start earning because it might take longer. So yeah, it's visionary, right? That's that's. So mm-hmm. I think if we can realize that it's not supposed to be like, oh, I'll just create this thing and everyone buys it. And if that was the case, then everybody would be an entrepreneur in the world. It's just not quite that simple. <laughs> right. It's going through that, like we talked about at the beginning, that like messy middle and kind of walking through that and accepting that it's not always going to be easy. And sometimes it's going to take longer too. So I love that. So if we, if somebody's listening, kind of thinking like, okay, you know, I've been toying around with this idea of a membership, but um, I'm not really sure where to get started or like what those like first couple steps would be. Um, because it, it is, I mean, it's similar in the sense of a course, but maybe has a little bit different approach to it. So what would be your first couple steps that somebody should take if they're interested in, in starting a membership or just starting that process of what it could be? Yeah, well, um, I, I would just actually, firstly, just look at different memberships that you might be in or that you think you could do and just start getting a little bit of a sense of what they're like and start kind of analyzing them. Like, what are they offering? And, you know, who, like, 
how much, how much do they show up and what are they charging? And just get a, a bit of a sense of the lay of the land. And then, and then maybe try to figure out like, well, how could I differentiate from this? Cause maybe I do have, have competitors doing different types of memberships. Maybe, maybe I need to offer something that's way different. Like maybe something, the differentiation is offering something that's way higher level and higher ticket and more mentorship. Like it's just really looking at what's working, just figuring out how to be different um, and then like deciding, just making sort of that, com- that blind commitment decision and being like, how good would this be when I'm at my vision <laughs> and, and, and then making that commitment and then uh, giving yourself plenty of time to get there before you then decide like to feel dismayed or throw in the towel like, and just, and just stick it out to get through the, the humps at the beginning. But I can, I also have, um, I have an app that is called the Scaling Deep app and you can get on the app store and that has, um, once you get that, a bunch of trainings in it that you can get on like how to set up, like what are the three different kinds of models? Some of them we talked about today and positioning training. So how you can stand out, you know, make sure your membership stand out and also some mindset training and all that and, and a download and you can get that at the app store. So that's one way. And then I also, if you are old school and you don't want another app, <laughs> although the app has got more information, <laughs> you can go to over to scalingdeep.com forward slash playbook. And I do have a downloadable guide. That's like a 20 page, how to everything about how to set up a membership and how to design it. So just to get a feel of, is this interesting? Is this exciting? Like, or does this feel like, oh, I don't have the energy for this right now? Because the timing does have to be right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Well, that was so helpful. I appreciate it so much. Opened up my eyes to some new things too. Um, And I definitely think that this is going to get my audience's wheels turning on what the potential for them to offer something different to their audience, offer something at a different price point or just a different um, level of access like you talked about too. So I appreciate you sharing all that. And I would love for you to share where my audience can come connect with you. I know that you shared those two resources, so we'll definitely link those up in the show notes so that they can grab them. But any other places where you like to connect with your audience and hang out with them? Yeah. Like, I mean, I am kind of on Instagram, so you can always DM me there. And my website, my is scalingdeep.com. So you can always just check out there and every, you know, you'll see, you'll see what's on there because <laughs> I've got lots of trainings and, and uh, boot camps and stuff coming up. So it, that's the perfect place to just start, you know, sinking into this. Um, I also have a podcast, Scaling Deep podcast, so you can check that out as well. Perfect. Well, we will we'll link everything up there in the show notes, like I said, and I really appreciate your time and sharing this with us today. Um, like I said, definitely got some wheels turning for me for sure. So I know my audience is really going to appreciate this. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been lots of fun. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.